Tonight, boosting the benchmark. Canadians hit by a one-two punch of rising lending rates and soaring inflation. The sting of the sixth rate hike of the year. It's pushing away my dream. And the painful path ahead. There is no easy out to restoring price stability. Immigration nation. Canada's record-breaking numbers revealed. I'm planning to stay here. Like, I do like it a lot. A surge and a shift on where to settle. The growth has been ex almost exponential. Plus, diving into the inner demons of Matthew Perry. I had a secret and no one could know. The friend star on the enemy of addiction. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. Canadians are caught up in an economic balancing act tonight with the soaring cost of living on one side and even higher interest rates on the other, all of it pointing to more financial pain ahead. The bank raised its key interest rate half a percentage point today to try and fight inflation, its sixth increase since March taking it from a quarter of a percent to where it stands tonight at 3.75%. Our coverage begins with CTV's Quebec Bureau Chief Genevieve Beauchemin on the immediate repercussions, including the impact on real estate. Climbing interest rates are another hit to would-be home buyers. For Elise Gamache-Belil, the latest hike marks a step back in her madcap adventure to property ownership. How many cans have you collected? Oh, <laughs> For a year and a half, she's been collecting cans, thousands of cans, and cashing in on her empties. 20 cents a pop to raise money for a down payment, but most of all to raise awareness about the high cost of living. If a people like me, just a single mom with a good job, cannot afford to stay in the neighborhood, a lot of other people will have the same problem or worse. Gamash Belil is a single mother of two. She works as a project manager. But like many Canadians, she's struggling to save enough for a rental property in a Montreal neighborhood she loves. Now she faces a spike in interest rates and inflation all at once. Oh, it's, uh, it's pushing away my dream. Realtors say they're seeing interest hikes cool a market that seemed unstoppable just a year ago. Buyers don't have the same purchasing power that they had before. Those who already own homes and have a variable rate mortgage will take the most immediate hit. They'll have to find approximately $28 a month more per $100,000 borrowed. So on an average $500,000 mortgage, that is $140 extra. And compare that to last March, six interest hikes ago. They're turning over $900 more a month to the lender. Look at the way you're spending money and maybe try and cut where you can. Don't make any rash decisions, emotional decisions, like selling your home. Hard to save up, though, with decades-high inflation driving up the price tag of so many goods and services. I'm a caterer, he says, so I feel it. Fish, meat, produce, it's all more expensive. And that has some consumers agreeing that the bottom line is slowing inflation with interest hikes is a must. These interest rate hikes, as painful as they are, are required to make our economy better in the long term. But consumers watching their bank accounts shrink hope that payoff, that relief, comes soon. Omar. All right, Genevieve, thank you. If there is any good news to take away from today's announcement, it's that the increase wasn't as high as expected. CTV's Ottawa Bureau Chief Joyce Napier on the Bank of Canada's long-term strategy. 
The Bank of Canada's job is to ensure inflation is low, stable and predictable. But today it is neither low or stable and hardly predictable. If we don't do enough, Canadians will continue to endure the hardship of high inflation. And to reach those targets, the central bank has aggressively increased its interest rate six times in a row this year, and it will have side effects. We're going to see inflation come down, but it's going to come at a cost, and the, that cost is going to be a slowdown uh, in economic activity. And indeed, we think it's going to produce a recession at the onset of 2023. The dreaded word, recession, meaning the economy actually shrinks for six consecutive months. A somber and long tunnel ahead for many Canadians as they struggle with the high cost of living and the prospect that it will get worse before they see some relief. So instead of an unemployment rate of 5.2%, we're probably headed something that's going to be in the 6% range, perhaps even higher. To avoid runaway inflation, Tiff Macklem's strategy has been to increase rates at an unprecedented pace. But it may take two years to reach the bank's final goal. We expect inflation will hover around 7% in the final quarter of this year, fall to around 3% by the end of next year, and return to the 2% target by the end of 2024. Today's 0.5% increase was lower than bank economists and markets had prepared for. A hint of good news, perhaps. Some hope that the end of the cycle of steep increases may be coming to an end. I think that by January, they should be at that place where they say, look, we've done enough uh, and uh, we are, you know, we have to trust the process. A bitter medicine and those rate increases will take months before the desired effect is felt throughout the economy. No fast and easy remedies to rein in inflation. Omar? Joyce Napier in Ottawa, where the inquiry into whether the Emergencies Act was the right remedy to end the convoy protests continued. Ontario's Premier is fighting a summons to appear and offered this explanation. This is a federal inquiry into the federal government's decision to use the federal Emergencies Act. Today, the Ottawa police commander in charge of clearing the convoy testified he didn't know the Emergencies Act was used to compel tow trucks to remove vehicles. I assume from your testimony that you then weren't later informed that many of those fell through and that, in fact, Mr. Richardson was not able to uh, obtain the services of any tow truck companies without the use of the Emergencies Act? I was not uh, informed of that. The OPP commissioner who eventually forced tow truck operators in action testifies tomorrow. Four Canadians, two women and two children, are back in Canada tonight after the federal government repatriated them from a detention camp in Syria, home. But as CTV's BC Bureau Chief Melanie Nagy reports, far from home free. After being away for seven years, Kimberly Pullman is back in BC after being arrested at Montreal's International Airport. Pullman, along with another Canadian and her children, flew into Quebec early this morning. When they landed, police were waiting. This arrest was the culmination of an investigation launched in 2014 by the Integrated National Security Enforcement Team. RCMP say the focus of that investigation was a woman named Omaima Shwe. Ms. Shwe allegedly traveled to Syria and Iraq 
to join the Islamic State terrorist group. The 27-year-old appeared in court today and has been charged with four terrorism-related offenses. The maximum penalty for these offenses are, is 10 years in the penitentiary. Earlier this week, Shway and Pullman were released from a Syrian detention center for families of ISIS fighters. I just had no idea how much I could miss my own country. Pullman, who spoke to CTV News in Syria, is unwell. Last year, the UN called on Canada to urgently repatriate her because of a life-threatening illness. They tried to obstruct my access to the camps. U.S. diplomat Peter Galbraith helped free a Canadian girl stuck in a Syrian camp. He also tried to get Pullman out months ago, but says he was blocked by Ottawa. I was uh, in a position to, to bring her out, but that effort was obstructed by the Canadian government. While several Western countries have repatriated hundreds of their citizens, Canada has brought only a handful home and dozens still remain, including children. Bring them home. Charge them here where they can get a fair trial. That's what we've been asking for. Rather than commenting on the recent repatriation, the Prime Minister delivered this firm message. You cannot get away with supporting terrorism in this country, regardless of the circumstances. Shui is in custody tonight, and police say relatives are helping care for her children. As for Pullman, her family has asked for privacy. Omar? Melanie, thank you. Clashes erupted across Iran today as thousands visited the grave of Masa Amini to mark 40 days since her death. Protesters bypassed roadblocks and cut across fields to reach the cemetery as an act of defiance against the regime, which is cracking down on dissent. Human rights groups say at least 234 protesters, including 29 children, have been killed by security forces. Amini died in custody after allegedly violating Iran's strict dress code. Russian forces pounded more than 40 villages in Ukraine today, killing at least two civilians. Away from the front lines, Moscow put on a show of its military might, staging annual nuclear drills. The exercises simulated a nuclear strike in retaliation for nuclear attack on Russia. The drills were remotely supervised by Russian President Vladimir Putin, who repeated unfounded claims that Ukraine is preparing to use a radioactive dirty bomb. Ukrainians have added to Canada's rich multicultural fabric, and today there's a new portrait of the ever-changing face of this country. According to the latest census, immigrants now make up almost a quarter of the population, more than any other G7 nation. And by 2041, that could increase to a third. For the first time, India took over the top spot as the source for new immigrants. And while most are continuing to settle in urban centers, a larger share is settling outside of Canada's biggest cities. CTV's Atlantic Bureau Chief Chris Najkate on where they're going. Canada is seeing the highest immigration boom since Confederation, more than 155 years ago. We're growing our population at the fastest rate that it's ever grown and at twice the rate, at nearly twice the rate of our G7 counterparts. And in Atlantic Canada, that influx has almost tripled in the last 15 years, with Nova Scotia being the most popular. Compared to home, very cold. Princess Brown moved to Halifax from Antigua four years ago after speaking with a university recruiter. Only months away from getting her degree in human resources, she plans to stay and build a life in Nova Scotia. I do like it a lot. Like I've met a lot of great people and everything. It's way more modernized. Previously, the majority of immigrants came from Europe, 
but now the largest groups are coming from India and then the Philippines and China. From last three to five years, the growth has been ex almost exponential. We used to have one service in this masjid, Moncton Masjid. Now we have two services. Statistics Canada says an aging population and low birth rate is the main driving force of immigration. In the last five years, immigrants make up every four out of five new workers. Most of the recent immigrants are fairly young and majority of them are less than uh, 65 years of age. This immigration expert says it's all thanks to both federal and provincial incentives and programs, a strong focus on community support. They attract and they help to support and welcome other immigrants to come to the same place. And so we're just seeing the benefits of that over the last five years. Experts also say more immigrants are moving to Canada because of the stability and a shorter path to permanent residency and citizenship compared to other countries. Omar. All right, Grayson, thank you. The throne speech in Saskatchewan's legislature today outlined the priorities for the fall session, but also making headlines, a guest who is a constituent and convicted murderer. Colin Thatcher served more than two decades in prison for the first-degree murder of his ex-wife. He was released in 2006 and continues to proclaim his innocence. Thatcher claims he was invited by an MLA who is part of the governing party, which pledged today it will crack down on crime. A plan by WestJet to buy low-cost vacation carrier Sunwing Airlines could have trouble getting off the ground. Canada's Competition Bureau outlined serious concerns today that travelers seeking sunnier horizons could be chilled by higher prices. CTV's Alberta Bureau Chief Bill Fortier reports. In western Canada, if you're escaping the winter weather by air, chances are it's in a plane that looks like this or this. Now a plan to join the two with WestJet buying Sunwing is experiencing some turbulence. In a report to government, Canada's Competition Bureau finding the proposed merger is likely to result in substantial competitive effects such as increased prices. Last year, Air Canada scrapped a plan to buy Air Transat for $190 million after similar concerns by European regulators. The reality is, once there's a merger, there's less competition, so prices tend to go up. In a statement, WestJet committed to the preservation of Sunwing's brand and promised new flights and new employment opportunities by flying Sunwing's planes year-round instead of primarily in the winter. WestJet and Sunwing make for a very good fit. Some experts believe if WestJet's prices start to soar after the buyout, other carriers will simply swoop in. They see what they think could be very, very good profits in a market that's, that, that, is, that is being dominated by a single carrier. Why wouldn't they enter it? The Transport Minister has received the Competition Bureau's report. His recommendation goes to the Federal Cabinet for a final decision. My primary objective is to have a safe aviation uh, uh, sector, but also a competitive aviation sector. Transport Canada is also reviewing the proposed buyout and will submit a report in early December. The Transport Minister expects to make his decision early in the new year. Bill Fortier, CTV News, Edmonton. After the break. There's a lot of messing money. The allegations against a self-described crypto king. Plus, NHL star Phil Kessel scores a record-breaking streak.
A group of investors is wondering tonight where their money went after a 23-year-old whiz kid dubbed the Crypto King was declared bankrupt by Canadian courts. The current losses top $25 million. And as CTV's Adrian Gobriel reports, that number could rise as more clients come forward. Clients thought he was the Warren Buffett of crypto investing, though there's reason to believe that Charles Ponzi may be a more accurate comparison. There's a lot of missing money. Aidan Platursky's story reads like a true crime documentary. Raised in Whitby, Ontario, the 23-year-old built up a reputation. This Forbes article called him a cryptocurrency maven, and investors bought in by the millions. I can tell you that we've received proof of claims for more than $25 million. In August, the courts declared Platursky and his company AP Private Equity bankrupt. 119 people have come forward to file a claim with bankruptcy trustee Rob Steltzer. Some handed over thousands, even millions of dollars to the self-titled Crypto King to invest, but now say most of their money has vanished. So far, only $2 million have been recouped from Platursky's assets. The multi-million dollar question is, where is the money? There's a number of other assets I can't speak about, but that I think will further increase recoveries. Platursky rented this Burlington, Ontario mansion for more than $40,000 a month. A number of his exotic cars have been seized and sold. Documents obtained by CTV News note that a Porsche and two Audis are listed under the names of family members. Do you believe that he's hiding assets from you? I have reason to believe that he is still hiding assets, yes. 150 people have reached out to lawyer Norman Groot to share their claims of investment fraud involving Platursky. None of these people who have contacted us have actually seen any evidence of any real trading. Platursky's lawyer says his client never asked for or solicited money. He agreed to assist some people with investments. A court order will be issued this Friday to have the banks hand over any paper trail they may have as the work continues to try and connect the dots and uncover the missing millions. Adrian Gobriel, CTV News, Toronto. More than 500 elite Canadian gymnasts are claiming in an open letter the federal government is continuing to ignore allegations of abuse seven months after the group first demanded an investigation. We absolutely need a third-party independent judicial inquiry into this sport. The letter contains disturbing details of child rape and sexual grooming by coaches, forced training with serious injuries, and athletes being starved, drugged and shamed to manage their weight. The minister says she's been working with victims and the Sport Integrity Commissioner could investigate. Gymnasts want a process that they say is more rigorous and meets judicial standards. And by all standards, a heartwarming story up next. How Gustav the cat was lost and found after 54 days in Alberta's backcountry. Cleaning supply giant Clorox has issued a recall for millions of bottles of pine salt sold in Canada. The company said their Lavender Clean, Lemon Fresh and Mandarin Sunrise multipurpose cleaners may contain harmful bacteria if inhaled and should not be used. One of the most remarkable records in the National Hockey League has fallen. Phil Kessel played his 990th consecutive game to become the NHL's newest Ironman. The 35-year-old began his incredible streak nearly 13 years ago when he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Kessel breaks in, shoots, and scores! 
Kessel's record came on the same night he scored his 400th career goal. And an epic story of survival now in the Canadian wilderness after a Winnipeg family lost their cat during a trip in Alberta. Meet Gustav, who went missing for 54 days after camping with his owners in Kananaskis. And we woke up in the morning and the harness was empty. The cat managed to escape the tent and after days of searching, they lost hope and went home. But two strangers from nearby Canmore heard about Gustav and set up trail cameras hoping to find him. And two months later... I'm like, oh my God, there's something on this camera. Is it a fox? What is it? It's a cat! Gustav was unharmed and is back home in Manitoba where he belongs. Quite the reunion. After the break... I've got to help as many people as I can. Matthew Perry goes public with his private struggle. A famous friend from Canada is shedding light on his dark past. Matthew Perry is revealing new details about a crippling battle with addiction in a memoir out this week. Here's CTV's Joy Melvin. The show, the actors, they felt well like our friends. Actor Matthew Perry revealing at the height of his fame, he was on a downward slide. But I was also struggling with my addictions, which only added to my sense of shame. I had a secret and no one could know. In his new memoir, Perry says that secret consumed him, downing a quart of vodka and up to 55 pain pills a day. His opioid use burst his colon. At one point, doctors gave him just a 2% chance to live, telling ABC. 6,000 AA meetings. Your disease is just outside, just doing one-arm push-ups, just waiting, just waiting for you, waiting to get you alone. Because alone, you lose. Perry, who grew up in Ottawa Credit's family and those friends, singling out Jennifer Aniston, who initially confronted him, saying, we know you're drinking. Imagine how scary a moment that was. She was the one that reached out the most. And, you know, I'm really grateful to her for that. Perry says his addiction can be tracked by his fluctuating weight on the show. He seemed to struggle to speak on the Friends reunion. In the book, he reminisces about talented actors who overdosed, like Chris Farley and River Phoenix, and takes a dig at Canadian actor Keanu Reeves, asking, why is he still walking around? I think bringing the discussion out of the shadows is always helpful. A little bit of a Hollywood dust-up, even if it's Canadian on Canadian, so to speak, is always going to get you a lot of attention. And if attention to his harrowing journey can help anyone, Perry is putting it all out there. I'm doing really well now. Yes. For some reason, it's obviously because I was on Friends, more people will listen to me. So I've got to take advantage of that. I've got to help as many people as I can. Sober 18 months now and taking it one day at a time. Joy Malvin, CTV News, Washington. And that is a snapshot of this Wednesday. Thank you for watching and see you tomorrow.